The following episode was recorded live on YouTube. Check out our website at messagecenter.show for all of our episodes. Welcome to the 365 Message Center Show. We'll help you plan for change, prevent or fix, stay informed. Daniel joining us from Seattle. Yes, I'm in Seattle, Washington for 365 Educon and uh, formerly SharePoint Fest. And, and I'm excited to be here and excited to be able to see people in person. And if you happen to be at the conference or in Seattle, uh, find me. I have stickers. You got stickers. I do, I do not want to go home with them. So I was going to bring them out and show you the example, but I'm actually kind of wearing one. Yes, you are. Exclusive. Indeed. Yeah. Well, it's going to be a, a an interesting round of messages um, of all kinds uh, across mm -hmm. different services, all kinds, meaning some kind of quite reactive, very rapid. Yeah. Um, but shall we shall we get into this first one, um, which is uh, and a, a historical issue, hasn't it been, Daniel? How to do with that? Historical. His, historical. Yes. Thank mm. you. Um, you did a great job there of trying trying to do trying a transition. Um, <clears throat> so this is um, yes, it is all about history. Site template history panel. MC371265. So in SharePoint, you are able to apply a template after the site is created, which brings in resources um, and can change the look of your pages. Um, the, the easiest concept to get, you can go to the lookbook.microsoft.com and you can see those and uh, apply one of those templates to your sites. <clears throat> it actually creates the site and then applies the template. But then you can also apply templates afterwards. Um, mm. When you're on the site, you can apply a template. And the concept though is that you can actually apply a template again and again and again. Well, that happens, Daniel. Sometimes it's about trying on clothes and does this look good? No, it doesn't. Yeah. Yes, but sometimes you, you get it set up the way you want to and then you realize wait, something just happened. And <laughs> what happened? So this is functionality uh, that will allow site owners to be able to figure out what happened. It'll be rolling out uh, for uh, targeted release mid-May and will complete early June and then standard release mid-June through the end of June. And so you'll be able to go to the site information panel and then there will be a link, a view template history link. Uh -huh. And when you, when you do that, a template history um, panel will be shown and it'll show what template was applied. You know, this again, after the site is created, you can apply these templates, what template was applied and who applied it and when. Uh, so this can help you get a little bit of information on what happened, why is my site looking different, uh, mm -hmm. Or, I mean, it doesn't have to necessarily be a negative thing. It could be something like, oh, this is this is a cool site. Uh, you know, someone applied this template to the site. I'm, a, you know, we're owners to what template did they apply? I want to apply it somewhere else. So you'll be able to see that as well. Well, I got a question here, Daniel. Like if, if it was the former reason, not the latter, oh my, it has been changed a few times. Does this somewhere talk about being able to restore back to that previous version? I wonder what's behind this arrow here. Um, 
I think that arrow is to, um, I don't know. <laughs> okay. and this is, I think, okay. Mm. Um, I think that arrow is going to take you to that template. Ah. I'll show you that template, but I do not think it's going to allow you to roll back. That That is not, I do not believe that is the case here. Mm. Um, and I've heard of no talk about that. Now, I've heard people asking for something like that, but I've not heard talk of actually implementing it. Right. That's the first step, perhaps. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I, I, that's all... Uh, Conjecture. Conjecture. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're good at that. Um, yeah. and, but we do a good job, too, of telling people when it's our opinion. We're 100%. guessing here. Yeah. 100% we're guessing. Yep. Um, something that we're not guessing about, Daniel, is uh, a new control for Microsoft Loop, turning the ability to have Loop components on in your environment. It's a new admin PowerShell control, MC371268. Um, there was a control, if I go a little further down here, um, and it was more about uh, doing it from a SharePoint point of view, is Fluid enabled? And that's how you might have turned it on or off and prevented loop components from being used in your or your environment. Um, it has a bit of control over, of course, loops are stored in OneDrive and eventually SharePoint, so this would control that. But the can, this uh, PowerShell command is being superseded by is loop enabled. So that is uh, rather than is fluid enabled, is loop enabled. Maybe it's just a change in the name of the command. Maybe there's absolutely no difference, um, but that is uh, something becoming available soon. Um, yeah, so no automatic change in your environment. You uh, can turn off loop components by using the example commands down the bottom here. Is loop enabled? True or false? Oh, what's this other one here? You're going to turn it off though, right? The that. The is older one? The fluid one, they're turning yep. it off. Right? Yep, 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 that's right. Um, you have to update your SharePoint module to get it because it's a new set of commands. Maybe there's some other stuff in there too with that update, but yeah. Learn more about it at the link. Uh, changes will take approximately six minutes across your tenancy. So if you are planning to turn off loop components, then it'll take a little while. But that's uh, yeah. That's about it. Um, let's move on to the next message. Can I get yeah, creative with this we, one? Yeah. Before we talk about the customer lockbox, let's make mm. sure that everyone is following us on socials. We are yes. three six five MCS on all the socials. Make sure you follow us and, mm. and go ahead and share the URL of this video or audio podcast on social and tag us so that we can amplify your message. Also, make sure you give us a thumbs up on this episode. It helps other people find this episode if you give it a thumbs up. Throw your comments and chat in. We'd love to have conversation with you there as well. So please uh, engage with us. We want to hear from you. Um, yeah. This one is customer lockbox for Microsoft Power Platform is now available for public preview. MC373056. This was, and if you're familiar with the lockbox functionality, which is uh, making sure that you uh, have to allow 
Microsoft engineers access to your content. Um, so it is a way of preventing um, another layer of preventing. They, Microsoft ha does have policies and procedures in place to prevent their engineers from seeing your data without your permission. However, this is another layer of preventing that. Um, and we've seen this with uh, previous implementation SharePoint teams a month Exchange. or two ago. Exchange for sure. And so now uh, for the uh, Power Platform, this is available now in public preview and will be in general uh, availability soon-ish. Um, but uh, if you want to use this, you can, uh, you know, review the documentation so you can get um, get up to speed on how th this is supported for organizations. Check this out, Daniel. Uh, uh, very specifically, it with is. the exception of Korea and Norway, once these regions are enabled, the message will be updated. So, not yes, sure. it is. It is public preview is available except for those regions. Not sure why, uh, but it's just. Do they have their uh, own data centers here, Korea? I, would, I don't think I so. Believe so. I, I, maybe that is it. Maybe that is it. Yeah, I just hmm. don't know. Okay. But um, so it's available now. So if you're interested uh, in utilizing it for your, if you're a Power Platform customer and you're moving data, you're receiving data, you know, definitely look into this. Hmm. And together, we will have uh, some comfort. We'll be more secure yeah. when we're all together. Yeah, there's there's for a trust everyone. involved there. Um, for there's also <laughs> for everyone. Yeah, let me view I'm that. Trying to, um, yeah, trying loosely to, trying, loosely trying. Trying to get you to the next message. So this uh, this message, so, which is not related to power platform or no, it's lock boxes. <laughs> it's a Microsoft Teams message, all about together mode and um, being able to control and view together mode for everyone. This is MC373879. Kind of feel like we sort of had something like this. So just read through it. Um, that when you go to turn on together mode, it'll be for all participants in the meeting. I'm saying this out loud now. I feel like when we've played with it as a team and someone turns it on, oh, no, 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 I know. I know what it is. I'm getting this confused. Okay, so turning it on for everyone is something new. Changing mm -hmm. the theme is something right. that happens for everyone. Mm -hmm. So I know this because we often use together mode in our weekly standups and someone might not turn it on, but we usually try and um, go through a, a check-in based on the order of, of the together mode because Together mode's order is the same for everyone, whereas if you just jump into a regular grid, the order of your people on that grid might be different. So we find that if we use together mode, we can rifle on through. Well, this will ensure that everyone goes into together mode and we can all see that experience. Um, this is going to be rolling out in late May. Uh, ex expect to complete rollout mid-June for standard release and GCC rolling out mid-June, complete mid-July. Um, select together mode for everyone. Yeah, and there's a checkbox there. Checkbox. The yep. I'm going to be a Debbie Downer here a little bit. I, I don't... <laughs> um, 
I don't like other people being able to change the view that I'm looking at. Right. I just don't. Um, it should it should ask me for consent. You know what I mean? Like ask me if I mm. want to so and so and tell me who's doing it so I can tell them to stop doing it uh, because mm. if they keep doing it and it keeps prompting me. But I would like to to be able to say no. I switch back. Maybe give me a prompt that says so and so switched you to together mode. Congratulations. Yeah. Click here to switch back. Well, you know, where that takes effect too is if if um, you're using Spotlight and you're wanting to highlight a speaker or a couple of people in that meeting, when you're in together mode, that has no effect. Spotlight just disappears. So what if you prefer to yeah. see Spotlight? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen this option before. Maybe I just haven't looked close enough, but assigning seats. Is that no, new? I haven't seen it. I haven't yeah. seen it before. Those that are in chat, maybe you can give us a, yeah. a comment in there if you've seen that, but I, I don't think I've seen that. I have played a little, tried to dig in and, and look at creating our own scene. But yeah, that that could be uh, interesting. So uh, I think the, the thing here is please, Microsoft, give us um, give us that capability to say, please switch back. I don't want this together mode. I, it mm. is, I'm not saying, I'm not trying to say, you know, people don't want to be part of the team. And like what you were just saying, I think it's a great use case. But sometimes, you know, you're you're wanting to view the grid and you're you just like it that way. You want to see I I am I I tell people this all the time. I'm not a huge fan of teams' backgrounds. Mm. Um only but it, it just becomes a distraction more than a help. So uh, I did onboarding, we talked about this uh, on the show. I did onboarding uh, here recently and I told them, okay, we have company backgrounds and if you want to use them, that's fine. I prefer blur. If you're going, if you yeah. don't want people seeing what's going on, just blur it and that's fine. But I just don't like the backgrounds because it's just distracting because people are like, what is that thing over there? I'm like, is that a table? And yeah. you have a cat on your table. Oh, wow. It's, you know, is that a real cat? Is it? Is this a background? You know, I mean, it's a background. No, no, no. Let's focus on the people. Yeah. Let's engage with people and engage with what's going on and being said rather than, you know, what is in the background. Anyway, I, I find I, virtual backgrounds distracting for a different reason. Varying lighting conditions mm, affect the yeah. successfulness of how mm. that background is applied and. Often I'll see people's arms and heads and faces all go disappearing and reappearing. And yep. it's just something you've just come to accept. Whereas blur is that middle ground where you're still protecting your background in a privacy sense. Yep. But I know that that blurry thing that no longer is part of your person is, <laughs> is, is no longer in focus. Like it's I get what you mean. I got, understand what you're saying. Gone yes, to some crazy depth of field, you know? <laughs> I understand. Yes. I understand what you're saying. I, I agree. I feel like, um, anyway, so when it applies to this together mode, it's like, ah, great, but now you're putting, you know, people are different sizes. Yeah, you know, that's fun too. Because some are like this and some are way back here. Some like it, the seats are right here, right? You know? Right. And so <laughs> it, it, it just, it's another distraction. <laughs> um, in, in some cases it works great. And I'm not saying don't ever use it. It's just, 
again, I feel like, you know, uh, I need that button to say, nope, revert me back. I don't, um, I would rather it say, do you want to switch? And I can say no, but if you're going to make me switch, have a prompt that says, do you want, you know, switch back now, mm. count it down, you know, with a five second countdown or I don't know. Like something. when you change your resolution, do you want exactly. to switch back? Exactly. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. Done to death. <laughs> yes, we're done. <laughs> done with the All right. Um, let's, <laughs> let's move on um, to Outlook. Let's book it. Let's book, book it. it. Let's book, book it, it book and it. move on. Outlook Personal Bookings page, MC375741. So bookings Zero. in Outlook. What did I say? Did I say one? one. Oh, my goodness. Why did I say that? <gasps> I'm totally lost now. Up. I don't know where to find this message. Hang on, let me just. Uh, oh, okay. I got to start over. I got to start over. Okay. It's the jet lag. It's the jet right. lag. It is a jet Outlook lag. personal bookings page, MC375740. This is bookings in Outlook is coming for personal users. So, meaning individual users, not a team bookings, but individual users when your organizations, uh, so that one-on-one -on -one meetings could be booked um, just really according to your preferences and you can set I'll, I'm willing to meet within these times and here's my preferences and so people can book my time right um, and this is going to be for everyone that has a license in like the normal kind of um, uh, the A3, A5, E's, the E1, E3, E5, F1, F3, Whoa. And then and then the Microsoft 365 equivalents. Hmm. So if you have like, and then so all of those, and then business basic, business standard, business premium. I mean, basically, if you have a a combo license, hmm. right? A, a combo license that has those multiple services like that, then you're getting this. And uh, I love this, and I'm, I'm going to give you an example of, of really why I love it. But um, I do want to mention that a targeted release will begin rolling out early June, expected to be done by mid-June, so pretty quick. And then for standard release, mid-June uh, through late June. And 100%, you need to educate your users on how to use this because... Uh, this is this is going to be like one of those normal adoption campaigns where mm. if you don't educate and enable and get your power, um, those those ninjas or those change agents in your organization trained up, then the first experience that people have with this is people are going to be able to schedule meetings when they're not when normally they won't want them scheduled, but they didn't go in and set the preferences right. They didn't do things right. And they're going to hate this, right? So we don't want that. So we need to make sure we're managing change here. Now, I, I like this a lot because there's so much of this conversation that goes back and forth of, would you be available these days? Oh, yes, yeah. I'd be available these days or these times. But then the lag between when you said yes and when they actually booked it is long enough for someone else to come in and book yes. during that time. Yeah. And then now the original person goes, okay, and they send you a meeting event and you're like, actually declined mm. <laughs> because I'm no longer available. You should have booked it the minute I sent you an email. <laughs> and 
coming from someone who now, unfortunately, I have very little time in my day when I don't have meetings and I, I don't like it and I'm, I'm trying to change that, but um, this is a, this is a game changer in mm. that I don't have to be involved. Right. Yeah. You, yeah. You cut out the, I was about to say you cut out the middleman, but you, you cut out like 50% of the work of trying to engage with someone and you just go and book it. Uh, what do you yeah. think? Have, have you dealt with bookings and what are your thoughts on bookings? Uh, early on. Um, so yeah, early on it was set up for, for our team. In fact, it was near the beginning of uh, the, the first um, lockdown we experienced in here with COVID. And we were looking to try and make sure that our team was available for clients and that that was uh, transparent so that people could book and quickly get some time with us and we could help them. And there wasn't that delay in to and fro. So it is of most benefit to people, uh, your contacts outside booking and being able to connect with you and getting your time. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I guess I'd, I'd – still in two minds about exposing my calendar to the point where I could be just taking meetings automatically and not be part of that process. I think there's somewhere in there though, Daniel, isn't there where you can say um, you still have to approve a booking? I yeah. So. And I mean, you have control over the time of day mm -hmm. and, and be able to say, maybe you need, maybe you're willing to say my afternoons, yeah, are are available for people to book, but not my mornings. Yep. Right? Yep. I mean, so there. I think if you can finally tune it, it could, it could be a great resource for you. I, it doesn't have to be for everyone, okay? But I think for some organizations, it could really be a game changer in saving time of this back and forth trying to figure out when we can meet together. Hmm. Uh, when, when can, when can I book some, you know, 15 minutes of your time? Oh my goodness. <laughs> Just open up my calendar. Um, yep. so anyway, it, I think it could help. Yeah. I well, hope, I hope it will help. I think it will, but yeah, good advice about giving some guidance and how to set that up so that people aren't open to taking meetings way outside well, of their boundaries. Right. And I wonder if there's, you know, any, uh, new things out there in the Outlook world, you know, that we should. There know. are, Daniel. There are. <laughs> naughty, naughty. There has been <laughs> a leaked build of the new One Outlook that has got out and people have been installing it and um, reacting to it. But it's it's not quite there yet, right, people? So this is often the, the case when there's a, a leaked build or something. Um, so, in, in very quick time, uh, once this uh, link for downloading the build was uh, made available publicly, there became a message shortly in that afternoon saying uh, that, let's read it out, some users can access unsupported early test versions of the new Outlook for Windows, MC376710. Well, probably... I. I'm hoping, probably Microsoft are hoping they'll never have to write a title like that again. Um, but it's uh, just that that build got out. Um, it is eventually going to be available for organizations or individuals that are using the beta channel for updates. Um, the, the short description of this is that it's 
a, a lot like Outlook Web Access, um, but to give organizations some control over whether or not they're ready for that and whether they want their people to be able to download this build and try it out, they've introduced a PowerShell command. So uh, check this message out if you're an organization that wants to also just Hey, hey, slow down, be patient, wait till it's actually available, thanks. Uh, you can uh, control whether this new client will be able to connect to your exchange environments. And yeah, I mean, there'll be probably a few that might want to disable it for a single user or for their whole organization. Uh, you make your choice. Probably the second one would be uh, the safest method if that's the way you're going. Um, Indeed. What and have maybe- you heard about? Maybe Microsoft don't publish software on a public CDN next time. Well, yeah, that's that's a good observation. That's exactly it, Daniel. The the link was shared. It is available to anyone. They don't have to sign in to download it, yeah. although they do have to sign into an environment to be able to connect to it and use it. Yeah, uh, yeah if it was meant to and be for internal purposes, probably should have been in an internal CDN. Uh, have you heard anything more about one outlook and like i know that there's been some publicly stuff made available there, i there has been however um you know I, I don't think it's proper to comment on some of the conjecture and some of the things that mm. on this leaked build because it isn't final i think it's really no. close uh, i think it's probably closer than microsoft wants to let on um, <laughs> but they just don't, because they don't want people using it yeah uh, the leaked version but um i don't think it's finalized yeah i i'm actually excited about it because as i've said on the show many times i use outlook on the web mm-hmm. as my primary email uh client and so i'm excited that this is kind of bringing hopefully a revised experience of that down to my desktop. Now Mm. I hope I don't lose the functionality in this redesign uh, that I like about uh, the web access and, and on outlook on the web. Uh, So I'm just, we'll see. Uh, I have not downloaded and I have not played with this because I was warned not to (laughs) as soon as it kind of became available. So um I did not haven't played with it, so I hope I don't lose those features like pinning and um, mm. and such that that really are uh, are staples that I rely on. So mm. Mm. I think the, the the converse of that too is that there are people who have features they depend on on Outlook on desktop that they don't want to miss as well. I was looking for a different reason, and I'll just briefly flash this one up again because it's. I, I like to keep some messages in my list starred so I can check back on the status. This is one which is kind of linked and related to that, that the loop components coming into Outlook uh, are actually due to come with the Outlook mail preview. So with this leaked build coming out, depending on when it is available, it is actually in line with around about the timing for um, loop components to become available in Outlook. So that is uh, early May, uh, complete late May. So sometime this month, we expect to see it um, with the release of the Outlook desktop and current channel. So yeah, related. But um, if you're not keen on letting people access that super early, 
then uh, jump in and use that PowerShell command. Um, Daniel, that is the week of messages. Um, I would like to say have a fantastic week at Educon in Seattle. Thank you very much. And I really hope to, uh, for our listeners and our watchers, if you're here, please, again, I'd love to meet with you and take some selfies and give you some stickers. And uh, I'm really looking forward to the networking that we can uh, all have uh, this week. So thank you, everyone, for watching. We really appreciate you uh, being our uh, part of our band of people here trying to navigate change in Microsoft's cloud. Uh, again, make sure you give us a, a thumbs up on this episode, share it out on the socials and tag us at 365MCS. Fantastic. See you again next week.